we actually do forgive those who have sinned against us. Not because it's in the law and not because we think that's what we have to do in order to not go to hell or not be tortured for eternity. But it actually is what happens to you when you have Christ's promise in your ear. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Scripture First, the podcast that explores how the Lutheran lectionary is working in your life. I'm your host, Mason Van Essen. The Luther House of Study team is back recording together since COVID-19 began back in March. Like we did last week, we recorded a great conversation around a table in the basement of a Lutheran church. However, we apologize ahead of time for any background rumblings you may hear as you listen to this episode. This week on Scripture First, Kiri Adam and I talked to Luther House of Studies co-director, Sarah Stenson, about this week's lectionary text, Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 through 35, or the parable of the unforgiving servant. This passage comes on the heels of last week's text on how to deal with sin in the church. This week, Peter asked Jesus, how many times do I have to forgive someone? Naturally, when we hear a question like that, we, like Peter, are looking for an answer in the law. You have to forgive someone three times, seven times, 15 times, and you're in the clear. But as you'll hear in just a moment, Jesus flips this question on its head by illustrating our natural tendency to not forgive others when we've first been forgiven. I'm looking forward to sharing the end of our conversation specifically as Sarah ends up giving a wonderful sermon. But without further ado, here's Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 through 35. Then Peter came and said to him, Lord, if another member of the church sins against me, how often should I forgive? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, Not seven times, but I tell you, seventy-seven times. For this reason the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he began the reckoning, one who owed him ten thousand talents was brought to him. And as he could not pay, his lord ordered him to be sold, together with his wife and children and all his possessions, and payment to be made. So the slave fell on his knees before him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the lord of that slave released him and forgave him the debt. But that same slave, as he went out, came upon one of his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him by the throat, he said, Pay what you owe. Then his fellow slave fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. But he refused. Then he went and threw him into prison until he would pay the debt. When his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to the Lord all that had taken place. Then his Lord summoned him and said to him, You wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not have had mercy on your fellow slave, as I had mercy on you? And in anger his lord handed him over to be tortured until he would pay his entire debt. So my heavenly Father will also do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother or sister from your heart. And now on to this week's conversation. Conversation. 
Welcome back to Scripture First. We're <laughs> back together again. This time we're with Sarah Stenson. Thanks Woo-hoo. for being here, Sarah. Yeah, it's good to be here. It's nice to see you. You too. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> um, okay, so diving in. Can you give a little bit of context to this text before we get to the story and everything that follows since it is so directly related to what Krogan was talking about last week? Yes. So these verses follow immediately on the heels of what you heard last week with how we deal with sin among congregation members, among people in the church. And so these verses pick up right after... um, where it where it ended last week and we hear peter then asking the question in that context lord if another member of the church sins against me because that's what he was talking about with jesus how often should i forgive as many as seven times so peter goes right down the path and i I heard your discussion last week but he had to write down the path of turning jesus words into a prescription or into a law because he's now looking for the answer in the law. Tell me, how high do I have to jump? How often should I forgive? And then he specifically says, as many as seven times. And the reason for that, or one of the reasons, is likely that he thought saying seven times was pretty extreme because some rabbis in Peter's time were teaching that you needed to forgive someone only three times. So he more than doubled what he had been taught as a Jew. This is how many times you have to forgive. So he doubles it and then some when he says as many as seven. And then you look and see what Jesus did. And Jesus says, not seven, but I tell you, 77 times. Well, that's kind of, I mean, he he was trying to be sarcastic, being like, haha, I'm going to like I'm more than doubling it and Jesus is like okay yeah. you want to play that game here you go yeah exactly and you're Peter's still like, wrong oh, <laughs> exactly well, and I, I feel like a lot of people can uh put themselves in Peter's shoes or that feel Peter's question at least I do like that's a pretty valid question coming off of what we what we talked about last week uh and 77 times I've never said I've never forgave anyone 77 times it's like extreme it is an extreme and and jesus is he is kind of playing peter's game here which it, he tended to do that we you've heard us talk about us turning up the heat in the law so he's really telling peter oh you want to play that game peter and i'm gonna you want me to tell you how many times it mission impossible in the law 77 actually in the greek it's 70 times seven so some of you may see that in your translation it really doesn't matter though what the specific number is because jesus is basically saying here forgiveness is limitless there is no end you cannot count it in the law and you certainly count it cannot count it to your own credit or your own righteousness which is what peter was trying to do how high do i jump and jesus went okay that high (laughs) not possible in the law yeah, he still wasn't hearing the words that we finished on last week right. from Christ. Right, and he did exactly what Adam was saying. Peter is no different than the rest of us now because I'm confident most of us on first hearing of this text, you're going to go to the law just like Peter did. Okay, I have to forgive, and 
especially by the way when you get to the end of this week's text that's really going to sound in our ear as law if we don't preach it as law and gospel which we'll talk about Mm -hmm. but it is our knee-jerk reaction or tendency is to hear everything in the law which is what peter was doing how high do i have to jump so i can make sure i'm on the right side of what you're saying jesus which literally confirms his problem and ours we're trapped in the law so then uh, then he gives us a story uh, he says for this reason the mm-hmm. kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves when he began reckoning one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him uh, and as he could not pay his lord ordered him to be sold together with his wife and children and all his possessions and payment to be made can you kind of talk a little bit about what this first it looks like two or three sentences uh what's what's happening here yeah um the 10,000 talents, it's a, like a monetary unit mm-hmm. at the time. It's an impossibly high number for anyone to repay, to repay, and especially this slave. He's not going to be able to repay 10,000 talents. And you might hear conversation or even biblical scholars might argue about, so what would be the equivalent today? Doesn't matter. The thing that matters is it's a it was lot. It's, <laughs> a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. It's yeah. a lot. It's a lot for he a slave. Could not you know, pay it back. Yep, and it's an incredibly high number that this slave owes, and then is uh, forgiven. the The debt is is gone. And you'll see his response here. Actually, in verse twenty six, the slave fell on his knees before him saying, have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And so, again, as you may have picked up, I kind of like the Greek stuff, so that the, the slave fell on his knees before him, saying, in that little clause, there's actually in the Greek a double sense of falling down on his knees. It's this pezon, and then this deep obeisance, deep reverence, um, prostrating himself on his knees, which is proskuneo. So it's this double sense of incredible um, humility and Mm -hmm. reverence falling down on his knees saying have patience with me and I will pay you everything and that literally in the Greek there the have patience means don't retaliate with anger don't make me pay for this out of anger be patient and of course the (coughs) the Lord the slave owner does release him He forgives the debt, specifically now, out of pity that Lord of the slave released him and forgave the slave the debt. The pity here is a word we've run across before. It's that splagnitsumai, which means moved with compassion. Mm -hmm. I can see you trying it, Kiri. (laughs) (laughs) She's mouthing the words. I love it. It's one of my favorite. Greek words. I love that. That doesn't word. shock me Spag- one bit. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, oh <my> <laughs> literally moved with <laughs> compassion, which is pity, moved with compassion. And we're going to hear uh, a little bit of a contrast later when we kind of walk through the rest of this text and we hear a parallel situation with this slave who was just released and how the slave treats someone who owes him a hundred denarii instead of 10,000 talents, so less um, money, less value. But kind of hold on to that word, the, the splagnitsa buying out of pity, because we're going to talk about that again here 
in five, six tech, uh, verses or so. There's a there's there's kind of an incredible amount of emotion then the last two, just what you said, Sarah, with the the prostrating, the kneeling before, and then uh, from the slave, and then uh, from the Lord, the the pity, the compassion. There's a lot happening the, I agree. there emotionally. There is, and this is a pretty familiar story, which again is why I think it's really valuable and actually kind of fun to go into the Greek to just slow down when you're reading these texts or listening to the podcast to slow down and really kind of um, kind of soak in the language mm-hmm. and not just rush through to the end or oh this is a familiar story and we kind of know the ending and no it's an incredible story because look the very next thing after we have this you're right deep emotion with this double sense of bowing down and the proskuneo then the slave is released that same slave who was just (coughs) released had this incredible emotional reaction um he goes out and he comes across one of his fellow slaves so another slave who owed the first guy a hundred denarii he seizes him by the throat he grabs him by the throat and says, pay what you owe. <laughs> so, so, and we're all laughing like, what an idiot. But guess what we all do, and we're going to talk about this, when we hear the words of forgiveness, and then we start looking around and thinking, well, that guy down the street shouldn't get forgiven. That's exactly what this slave, the first slave is doing when he grabs the other guy by the throat. Pay what you owe. I guess it, like, honestly, it makes sense because of the fact that, like, he's desperate. You know, he's probably just thinking of himself and thinking of trying to pay back his owner. His he doesn't, well, he doesn't need to pay him back, he though. Need to. He isn't desperate. He's just been freed, released from the whole debt. He's That's just true. kind true. of a jerk, <laughs> basically. <laughs> he's, he's still trapped in the law. Yeah. He wants more. It wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. Yeah, to so have and it was the had 10, nothing to, talents forgiven. It had, it had nothing to do with the sincerity of his plea. It had nothing to do with how emotional he was or anything like that because he was forgiven regardless of of his own action. Yeah. Like he didn't earn it by being so sincere. No. No, that was an honest emotional reaction and yet he turns around, runs into this next guy who owes him much less money or value and grabs the guy by the throat and says pay me what you owe like a, a quentin tarantino <laughs> movie uh right there i'm thinking <laughs> yep. okay so that kind of leads me into a question with this next part then is um fell slave pleaded have patience and i'll pay you but he refused then he went and threw him into prison until he would pay the debt now, this is just my mind, but and I'm just kind of thinking in um, hierarchy, and maybe you don't know this, how was that slave able to throw his fellow slave into jail? How did, like? I am not familiar with the criminal justice system at the time. I guess I, I, do, I, guess I just <laughs> don't get it. But you're a resident lawyer. lawyer. I did not do criminal <laughs> law, especially from 2,000 years ago. You didn't take that my know the answers. <laughs> I'm I don't know. Write to the University of Minnesota. Exactly. I missed that course, University of Minnesota. <laughs> I want my money. I want my money back. <laughs> it seems kind of not the greatest strategy to be paid back. 
to toss the person who owes you money into jail. I mean, how do they? Exactly. It seems like a poor strategy. (laughs) You put your finger on it, Mason, because now we're going to see what happens. Because the other people, the other slaves watch this happen, too. And they're not only just thinking, not the best strategy, but they're thinking, what a jerk. Look what he just did. He had this forgiveness of this huge amount. And then he goes after this guy for much less, grabs him by the throat, throws him in prison. You stay there until you pay the debt, which parallels the first slave and his encounter with the Lord. So this is not just kind of not the greatest strategy, but you see the Lord's reaction, you wicked slave. I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not have had mercy on your fellow slave as I had mercy on you? And this is a big pivot in this story. And you remember I told you to hold on to that word spagnitzabai for pity up there in verse 27? Mm -hmm. So these are pretty parallel stories with these two slaves. Up until this is a pretty significant difference. So the word uh, used here that was pity up above, that moved with great compassion, is now down in verse 33, mercy, which is L-A-A-O. You know, like Kyrie eleison? That's the Greek word that that's coming out of. It's mercy, have mercy. So some translations say pity, which is not inaccurate, but it's actually um, more helpful because it's a different word. If you're going to use, and you should, pity up above in verse 27, that great compassion, use mercy. Mercy, it should be mercy in verse 23 because this is literally what the eleo means. 33, mercy. verse 33. Excuse me, yep, 33. And mercy is outside the law, not fair. Mercy. I wasn't fair with you. You Shouldn't you have had mercy been unfair with your own fellow slave? So it's kind of a rhetorical question here. I don't think he's really expecting an answer. And of course, he doesn't get an answer. Instead, in anger, the Lord handed him over. This is the first slave to be tortured until he'd pay his entire debt which we've already understood is not going to happen. He's not going to be able to pay the entire debt. So he's handed over to torture. So this Lord is saying, I wasn't fair with you. I was merciful, unfair. I acted outside of the law. This is what Jesus now picks up on verse 35. And this last sentence, which hangs up a lot of people when they hear this text. So the verse is, so my heavenly father will also do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother or sister from your heart. So how do you think people are going to hear that? A law. How so? Well, a prescription. If you do this, then God is going to do this to you. If you, if you don't behave the way the, stri- the slave behaved, the first slave behaved, then he'll have mercy on you. Exactly. They're going to hear it. You're exactly right, Carrie. This is actually what happened to Peter at the end of last week's text coming into this week. Okay, how many times do we have to forgive? Yeah. So this is actually, Carrie, what you're saying is exactly right. That's how people hear this last sentence or the last verse of this week's text. If you do not forgive your brother or sister from your heart, so my heavenly Father will do to every one of you, torture you yeah. for eternity. 
until you pay the entire debt, which is eternity. So people are going to hear that sentence just the way Peter was hearing Jesus. You could almost above. just loop the text. So you could just restart. If you, if you keep on hearing this in that way, like Peter, you could just restart over at least this text because it's, it's starting from the same place. How often then? That's exactly. the question. Mm -hmm. Which is the way a lot of people in our congregations and a lot of, you know, all of us are going to hear that text when you're caught in the law. That's that kind of knee-jerk, oh my gosh, mm -hmm. uh, what does it mean to forgive from your heart? I better make sure I get that right because this sounds like a, you know, like a pass-fail and I do, want, do not want to be on the failing end of that test. You're going to hear it as a test, as if Jesus is giving us another um, bar to jump like Peter heard it last week. But that is not what's happening. Just like it wasn't happening last week, that's not what is happening in this text. What is happening is it's that prescription, which is when we hear it in the law, versus depiction, which is Jesus telling us this is what it's going to look like. So that's what's happening in this verse. What is happening is Jesus is saying, when we have faith in Christ, in other words, when we have faith, our sins are forgiven simply because Jesus says so, then we don't actually hold on to grudges or hold anger and hurt in our hearts. We actually forgive those who've sinned against us. Mm -hmm. This is actually the fifth petition to the Lord's prayer. We actually do forgive those who have sinned against us, not because it's in the law and not because we think that's what we have to do in order to not go to hell or not be tortured for eternity. But it actually is what happens to you when you have Christ's promise in your ear. You can't help but forgive even those who have sinned against you because you know your identity is not in that sin. Your identity is in Christ. And what happens, so what happens, I see Kiri looking a little bit befuddled. What happens when our identity is in a sin even we've received? So um, if you're the victim of a crime, some horrific crime, and you hold on to that horrible thing that happened to you as your identity, you actually don't have Christ's forgiveness in your ear. You are actually making that person who hurt you into your idol. That person and the sin he or she committed against you is now controlling you. It's actually your idol. You're breaking the first commandment. The only solution to that occurrence is actually to have forgiveness of sin, to have that sin named, not the sin of the crime that was committed against you, not that sin, but the sin of thinking that crime, that sin is your identity. It is not. Jesus Christ is your identity, period. When you have Christ in your ear, in your heart, then you actually can and will forgive those who have sinned against you. It will happen. That's what Jesus is talking about here. That is actually forgiving from your heart. 
It only happens, the only way it happens is when you have Christ in your ear and in your heart and his identity and his word of promise, not the law. Then you will forgive others, period. And on that note, we've reached the end of this week's episode, my friends. Thank you to Sarah Stenson for explaining that when you have Christ as your identity, you actually can and will forgive those who have sinned against you. Before we go, we want to invite you to like and follow our Facebook page to get the latest podcast and Luther House of Study event information. We also want to say you can subscribe to Scripture First wherever you get your podcasts to ensure it hits your weekly podcast lineup in the app you're likely using right now. Additionally, if you'd like to be notified via email when a new episode of Scripture First drops or find out about other Luther House of Study events, resources, and program information, you can subscribe at lutherhouseofstudy.org resources. Lastly, all of us at Luther House of Study want to say how much we appreciate you being here to listen to Scripture First. If you'd like to sponsor a future episode or support the other mission work Luther House of Study is working on, please visit us at lutherhouseofstudy.org donate. We truly appreciate your consideration and support. Thanks again for joining us this week and a friendly reminder to forgive sin when you're moved with Spamitsima. We'll see you next time on Scripture First. 